usually same. My shortest ones, I think like 35 minutes. If it's just like, if we said what we need to say in that time frame, I'm not going to, you know, keep it dry or make it long winded, but I've had some that are like hour 45 too. If that shit's, you know, if it's that hot shit, just keep, keep it rolling, you know? So how long have you been doing your podcast for? I actually celebrated my, uh, 52nd episode like a week ago so i've been i've done one year um thursday was my 53rd episode nice and yeah it's a journey man you i mean you guys know how long you guys been doing yours since uh 2019 december 2019 oh yeah so you're in it yeah you're gonna be episode 193 wow you guys gonna have a party for 200 man we we need to do something cool uh I'm not even sure who the two of the guests is going to be like when we're recording that episode, but obviously we might already have it in, in the queue to be honest with yeah. you. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been great, you know, l- l- learning all the uh, stories and stuff like that. That's, that's really fun. Have you learned uh, how to talk I've, yet? I'm trying, man. <laughs> I mean, God damn, it's a podcast, man. The motherfucker stuttering like it's fucking Billy Madison over here. Today, Hey, shit happens, man. Uh, maybe at 200 you'll get to learn how to speak. <laughs> no but hey for real how'd you first off your logo is badass when i saw okay no let me start over so i got a dm from from a met on instagram said follow your podcast go follow and like your podcast so whoever is doing that for you they're doing their job yeah absolutely uh so i had a uh are we, we're rolling we're good yeah all right, so I had a, uh, I mean, if you want to start with that, you guys know it, uh, social media is a huge way to grow your brand, your pod, your freaking just your personal name, your image in uh, 2022. Just that's where we're at in the world. And uh, I have had, I learned that if I want my pod to grow, I need to have a presence on social media. Um, I've invested in, you know, having a good video dude, have a good audio dude. You know, I got the, a couple of different logos. I got this one and then I'm bringing the juice. So I got this, it's pretty badass. It's like a, it's like a juice box logo. Um, kind of looks like a high C orange, like old school juice box. It's kind of dope. Um, I, I wanted to make sure I had a presence on social media platforms and I knew, you know, my pod, I have athletes on every week. Most of these dudes are between like D1, NFL. I've had some MLB dudes, some NBA dudes, some Olympians, some fighters. So if they're rocking my merch, rocking the brand, like that's good advertising, let alone, right? Yeah. Uh, But to go back to the DM thing, I had a social media team. You know how you get random ass DMs all the time? Hey, you want to see your page grow? Yeah. If it's too good to be true, usually it is. Mm -hmm. And. This initial DM, this dude, like, he hit me, and it sounded like, it looked like it was a real person, not like a robot. So I responded, I was like, what's good with it? Like, what's like, what's what's the deal? And he said, would you be down for a phone call? Okay, usually it's like, well, just Venmo, you know, $200, get 20,000 followers. And it's like, all right, that's, I don't want that shit, right? Yeah. That's a fraud. So I'm kind of messaging this dude, and I said, you know what, man? Like, at the end of the day, like, I got to trust people that I'm going to do business with. And I don't, I'm, you're just some guy who's trying to zap me for a couple hundred bucks and I'm going to get, look like a dumbass or worse, get fake followers from freaking, you know, Portugal or some bullshit. And now I got shit engagement because fake followers doesn't help you at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it hurts. 
And so immediately as I'm texting this dude, he FaceTimes me. And I'm like, all right, like that's real. But it's some white dude in like fucking Connecticut who just understands the formulas. <laughs> and one of the ways he grows social media companies and brands is he's like, we believe in the mass DM. Um, so you pay X amount and you write up a message together and, uh, he just, he blows it up. Obviously, if you want a hundred thousand DMS, it's going to cost you more than 10,000 DMS. People do 10 million DMS. And, uh, so I did a trial run. I mean, I'm only 25. I work full time. Like the podcast is something I kind of started as like a, ah, let's see how it goes gig after, um, I had a stint training with team USA as a bobsledder. And I got hurt, went into the tank, and I was just like, let's start the fucking, I need, I need to, I went on other people's podcasts and did well. And I was like, I'm going to start my own. I got a good guest list already built up in my, you know, in my contacts, I could text. So long story short, yeah, this dude reached out to me and uh, I've got a great response. And like, I kind of told him, you know, I don't want to target just normal people who have Instagram accounts. I want to target people that are interested in podcasts interested in grit interested in like that fucking grind that yeah. dirt dog that to speed as well as you know i do have athletes on so like people who are interested in sports and athletics um because ultimately like i don't just want my to have four thousand followers five thousand followers on instagram i want to have ten thousand followers and i want that to translate to ten thousand listeners mm-hmm. you know so just different ways of trial and error on how i could grow my brand and Shit, I'm glad it's stuck with you guys. Now I'm on the pod. Yeah, because I usually, I mean, I ever since I've been, ever since I've been sending people DMs, I uh, always look at the ones that are in my folder because you right. never know. Like if I just said delete all and not read the one that I got from your guys, we wouldn't be here right now. Absolutely. So what do you think? I'm, I'm interested because I've talked to a few people. That, like I have, I've definitely grown uh, with followers and listeners since I did that mass DM. But like, I'm also the type of dude where if I get a bunch of mass DMs, I don't want to look at that shit. It's spam. I don't want to be a, you know, an ambassador model for a jewelry company <laughs> exactly. in fucking Thailand, Thailand or some shit. Like I, I have no interest. So what made you say like, I'm going to actually check this shit out versus like, this is just some more spam bullshit. If I didn't do this podcast with Tony, honestly, yeah. I probably wouldn't have looked at it. But since I've been right. sending DMs out daily, like 10 or 20 a day, you know, and hopefully I get one response if, or five responses a week or something like that, whatever. Right. But like, yeah. I saw it, I saw it. So now that's why I read them all because shit, someone took the effort to send that to me, whether it's a computer that did it, or like you said, you can just tell which ones are fake and which ones are real. Yeah. And yours actually seem legit. Good. I, that's, that's all I wanted. That's that was my one request to the guy. Shit. I'll plug you with the dude's number. You guys can see, you guys can make some, some moves happen. Um, another thing I did, I mean, I don't really tell people this, but like, I'm a real dude. Um, I came up with this strategy. I don't know if it's good or if it's bad, but it works on me. If you wake up in the morning and you see that some random ass account likes like three or four of your pictures, right? What's the first thing you do? Go look at their profile. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I trust my pod, my brand, what I'm building enough to where I'm just like, I know I have that hot shit. I know people will appreciate this, but how do I get it in front of more eyes? And I'm not a tech savvy dude. I don't have any history. 
my family farms. I'm literally at our onion farm right now doing this pod with you guys right now. Like we're, we're, we're grinding. We're in season right now. Like this, it's what I, it's my day job. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any experience in this, but I am a motivated mofo and I, I, I'm not going to half-ass anything. So I, I, the only, um, way I'm going is up. So how can I do that? And I just figured, you know, if, if I, uh, if I liked a hundred pictures a day, so that's, you know, let's call it 30 people that I clicked on their profile. Maybe they're interested in my pod. I'm going to like three of their pictures so that they could click, look at my profile of bring the juice and say, damn, I fuck with this. I'm going to follow this guy. And as I continue to grow and learn, I realized I have a different guest on each week. Like I stay within my niche. We talk about high profile athletes chasing greatness, that elite mindset that it takes to play at the NFL level, the D1 level, the Olympic level. How can you translate that into other sectors of life? Being a man, being a good role model, being a man in the community, a businessman, an investor, just a hustling motherfucker. And so I have this, and of course we shoot the shit about like locker room stories, um, what it's like to win the fucking Super Bowl, the World Series, guarding Kobe Bryant. I mean, you guys saw it from the DM, but like, there's some pretty cool shit that people don't get to hear about. And then we just chop it up about life. Like, athletes have too much of a a mask on. You have to be proper in front of a camera. Post game interview, you got to be an adult. You got to be a professional. When sometimes you just want to kick back, have some beers with the boys you know, crack a bottle of whiskey and just say it how it is. Now, granted, there's an extent, like I'm not the type of dude to put people on blast or ask them about some shit that they're not comfortable with just to get more, you know, likes or clickbait or anything like that. But I, I knew that I had what I needed in order to get to that point. So, you know, going back to the initial statement that I was getting at is like, I would like other people's pictures week by week. I'll have Jalen Johnson who plays for the Chicago Bears on one week and then I'll have Juju Hughes who plays for the LA Rams the next week. Well, I'm tagging LA Rams. I'm tagging his college. I'm tagging his high school team. I'm tagging his mom. I'm tagging his brand. And I just want to get it in front of as many eyes as possible at this point, because I trust the brand. Like I'm not trying to, to sell some bullshit to people. It's just, it's just trying to find creative ways within my budget of, you know, spreading the word on bring juice podcast. Well, it's like you said, the, the uh, NFL stars and all the stars you've interviewed, they're just like regular people like you and I at the end of the day. Right. But they play NF, they're in the NFL, the NBA, the Olympian, yep. they want to drink beers and kick back with their boys. And you give an outlet f- f- to them for that. Yeah. And I mean, I like, I also think too, you know, and that's, and I like, we talk about fun shit, like shit that people don't learn. Like you're a 22 year old kid and you signed $2.1 million contracts, bro. we were eating at Chili's two nights ago because that's all we could, that's the cheapest way to drink. And now it's like, Oh, let's get 1942. That's regular. Like, boom, there's a big, there. there's a big jump there. Yeah. So talk about too, like, all right, you're, you just got this big check. And you know, one of my boys, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, he got drafted to the Arizona Cardinals. And I asked him, I was like, who's somebody that's taking care of you? He tells this great story about Chandler Jones taking him under his wing, letting him know how to be a professional, not, not, you know, not bossing him around, just being like a good big bro, you know? And that's not the type of shit you hear about in the NFL Mm -hmm. these days, about only the negatives, only the drama. These are all good dudes. And, you know, me, I played, I played football at Fresno State. 
Um, my dad did too. My brothers do now. Like we've been around division one sports our whole lives. And then I told you I had my little Olympic stint. Like I think football or mainly I, I always reference football because of this, but like you have a helmet on, like you have a helmet on when you have shoulder pads on, you look like a, a damn superhero. Like people don't like, if you were to just put street clothes on and walk through the mall, people aren't going to treat you the same than if you're outside the stadium, you know, after a big win, signing some autographs, taking pictures of little kids, like people don't know the street clothes side of all these athletes, who they idolize, who they have their jerseys of and shit. So I wanted to make sure that I did have a platform where dudes could talk about like the mental side of the game, because it's hard, man, especially with social media, you're under a microscope these days. And like, bro, these, these dudes are kids. Like a lot of these, people i mean even if, i consider if you're under 30 like you're still a young dude man but you're under a microscope and you have these high expectations thrown on you it's it's it comes with the territory i mean could you imagine being thir- like let's say 30 years old you just signed a extension with the with the chiefs and you just got 500 million dollars yeah patrick mahomes i mean, I mean uh, come on like, what are you supposed to do with that i i i don't know and it's like that's a crazy contract for football too. Like the average lifespan in the NFL is what? Two, two, three years, maybe something like that. Like, yeah. If you're a running back, it's even less. That's what I'm saying. Like it depends what position you are, but I mean, it's, it's crazy how, how short, you know, look at what was it? Uh, Megatron, Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson. Dude was there. I saw some stat yesterday that Calvin Johnson had a whole entire high school career, college career, NFL career, and got inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame, and Tom Brady's been in the NFL the whole time. Yeah, like, I, oh, I see, I saw that. That's why that dude went through the whole cycle. Like <clears throat> high school Letterman's balled out in college, got drafted, did his shit, got inducted, got the jacket, and Tom Brady's just been hooping the whole fucking time. That's crazy shit. Like, well, it's like you know Tom Brady takes such good care of his body or whatever, whoever's helping him do that. You know, he's forty five. Yeah. And, you know, they're building a good team down there right now in Bucks, And he's the pro- I kind of want him to fucking win so he retires on top. That way I don't have to deal with him anymore. But, yeah. you know, because when, when you, when, whenever you play against Tom Brady, you're not playing just against another quarterback. You're playing against the greatest quarterback. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it is the truth. Right. No, he, he is. I mean, he's like, fuck the quarterback. Like, the dude's an insane competitor yeah. to the point. Like, uh, I mean, you could say Josh Allen has a better arm. You know, Lamar Jackson could run better. Some guy, like everyone has, is better than Tom Brady technically, but the dude just knows how to win. Like at the end of the day, the dude knows how to win. And I don't know, you know, like I said, I'm 25 years old. I don't know if I'll see another Tom Brady in my lifetime. I don't know how many more there are. I don't know because you know who's who's like like Megatron did. He retired before he got yeah. CTE. You know, like Andrew um, Luck, Andrew, same thing. You know, keep yeah. on getting hurt. He said, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna take my whatever millions, and I don't want to be the guy that goes crazy by taking a vicious hit for no reason." I know, and you know, it's funny. Like I think about it. I've had a lot. I've had a, quite a few dudes on that are like considered off and on practice squad for the NFL. And people don't understand. They think, oh, he's only on the practice team. First of all, it's the practice squad, which is still 
a very minimal amount of people on mm-hmm. a, a football roster. And the minimum, like you get paid weekly, very, very, very well, very generous during season, especially you get bonuses regularly. And if you get activated for like three games, you get paid out for the whole year. There's, I don't know the exact numbers on all of it, but I have a few buddies that are practice squad that make in the high ends of the six figures. And I just tell them like, and I, I reference people like I'm 25. I have a decent job. I manage quite a few people like bachelor's degree, uh, master's almost finished. Like I'm a hustling motherfucker and I don't make half. I don't make a third of what they make because it's, it's hard to make. If you want to make a hundred grand a year, like you got to have a pretty damn good. If you're working a job and you're not an owner of a business, like that's a pretty big salary for a guy who's only playing football, you know, a third of the years you're actually yeah. in like you're that's a pretty good little gig there and if you're smart you'll you'll use that image you'll use your likeness you'll use the the profile that you have of hey um you know i'm running back for the fucking san francisco 49ers you're more likely to get clients than just some joe schmo with a business degree it's mm-hmm. just the re- it's just the world we live in so i definitely think um you know in an athletic mindset you're so used to just like get better, get better, get better. Let's attack that fucking day to where if you could translate that same hot shit, that same energy, that same juice, which is what I call it, but you could do unimaginable things because you, the, the, the foundation set, the platforms there, it's now just like fill in the blanks. What are you going to, what are you going to do to kick ass at? You just, it just, it's just hard to figure out. And while you're trying to figure that out, you're also, not playing the sport you've done since you're probably fucking what seven years old. Yeah. So how'd you get into bobsledding? All right. So like I said, I'm not that big of a dude. I played slot receiver at Fresno state for five years. Loved it. Had a time in my life was a special teams dude, just scrappy motherfucker. And, uh, I never in my life have wanted to go to the NFL. I knew I wasn't big enough um, I've seen some insanely good players I've played with not making in the NFL. My body was starting to kind of go to shit, but not like all the way. And, um, like I said, I grew up on an onion farm. Like I knew I was going to come back here. I'm, I'm third generation. Like I, I knew that, uh, I knew my plan, but at the end of your senior year, like before it began, I was like, I'm 22 years old. I'm as fast as I've ever been. I'm as strong as I've ever been. I mean, I'm a senior in Division One college football shape. Like, I am fucking ready to roll. This can't just be it after these 12 games are over. And uh, sure enough, was drinking beers at some bar before I walked for my graduation. And I took this class. Like, they put all the football players in just some easy Gs all the time, right? And there's this class called the History of the Olympic Games. It was like once a week for like 50 minutes. The dude... It was all athletes, trust me. Easy A. <laughs> but, but like it's kind of interesting. Like week one, they talk about the first Olympics ever. And then it was just it was like staggered out to where each week was just like eight years, eight years, eight years until present day. And it happened to be an Olympic year. Uh, no, it wasn't an Olympic year. It was just an it was a summer Olympic year or something like that. And uh I don't know why. It interested me. Like growing up, you run track. You know, you watch cool runnings and shit. Like you watch Miracle. Like I, in my household, the Olympics were always a very badass thing. Um, 
you know, we're very patriotic. We want to, we, we think repping your country is badass. Yeah. And I think, uh, we running track, we always like, we were pretty freaking fast. Me and my brothers to where it's like, Hey, are we fast enough to like make the Olympics? Fuck no. And we didn't, you know, we didn't train for track. We just, you do it when it's not football season and not basketball season, and not baseball season and not soccer season. Like it's just something to do on Saturdays and win a couple trophies. But when that ship kind of sailed, I was like, fuck man. Uh, I saw that teacher from that history of the Olympic games class. And he's like, Hey man, he's like, I've seen you like, you're fast. Like, are you go trying to go to the NFL? And I was like, nah, I'm not doing pro day. None of that shit. He's like, dude, he's like, go be a bobsledder. I'm like, what like, the fuck? Like, first of all, I'm not a cold guy. Fresno mm. is hot. It's been a hundred day, hundred degrees here for, I think like 47 days in a row or something. Jesus. And, uh, I, would have to either move to park city utah or lake placid new york and uh i don't know i just i didn't really think about it, it wasn't in it wasn't in the cards you know but i'm kind of just like shit man like i did some research all of team usa is former college football players and i'm just like that's kind of badass herschel walker did that shit that's kind of badass and um the you know the teacher kind of plugged me with the recruiting guy and I just, so I reached out. They said, Hey, come out to this tryout. Um, it's in Park City, Utah, and see how you test. So I'm like, All right. I talked to my mom and dad about it. They're like, What the fuck are you thinking, bro? Like, <laughs> like that is not a, that's not a safe sport at all. And you already have us nervous from football. So long story short, I try out for this, uh, you know, I go to this combine, I did well meet some of the coaches. They're like, all right, uh, come to speed school after your football season in January. So January 3rd, packed up all my shit. One of my best friends, he played football at Stanford. And uh, I just said, yo, you want to go be a ski bum? while I try to make Team USA as a fucking bobsledder. And he's just like, yeah. So <laughs> we sent it to Utah. And one thing leads to another. A um, couple days in, I get converted into a skeleton athlete. Um, which is when you go head first by yourself and yeah, I, uh, trained with, you know, team USA for two years, um, got to race in a few races. It's very difficult sport because it's not like football where like you kind of start off with pop Warner and then you go into JV and then varsity and then college. And then it's the NFL like this. It's kind of just like you either have it or you don't. And so they put you into, it's like the national developmental program basically that's what i was in um started going up the totem pole before the olympic trials uh, in 2020 and one day like kind of fucked my calf up didn't think much of it it was like the north america cup i think uh, my parents were in town in park city and fucking my calf like was on 12 it looked like a football it was weird wake up the next day fall out of bed all right, something's fucked up. This is like during the COVID shit too. Mm-hmm. And I told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, I need to go to the hospital because I can't walk and I'm not a pussy. So something's wrong here. And uh, so sure enough, we go, luckily there's like this badass hospital, like a block away from my house. And I have this fat death, like deathly dangerous blood clot in my leg. Oh shit. And, and I'm, I'm 20, at this time, I think I'm 23 5% body fat, 
healthy as shit, you know, drinking on Saturdays, but like, who doesn't? And like, I'm, I'm eating good. Like I've been doing this for a while now. I'm a professional taking care of my body at this point. It's just, it just happened. I, I, I tore a piece of my calf. And when you do a G sport, like bobsled or skeleton or luge, you're going so fast that you hit these different G forces. And, uh, I guess it's common to where like something might've, you know, happened while I was sliding. Cause you're, you're so much pressure. So maybe I, you know, had a slight tear and then it was internal bleeding. Um, Dang. I don't know because I'm healthy and, it, and the doctors, they're like, you're fine here. You're fine there. And, and the lady's like, something's wrong. I'm going to have you go get an ultrasound. And they were like, lady was like, you're not planning on going on an airplane anytime soon. Right. And I had a flight booked to Lake Placid, New York, literally in like eight hours. Like I was checked in and she's like, you're not going like you'll die. Wow. And, and I mean, I don't really like think about it as much as I should on how good of a call it was to go to the hospital that day and not just try to like suck it up, wrap it up, keep, keep telling myself like, don't be soft. It, it, but you, I mean, you guys know, like, you know, your body better than anybody. Like you, you know, when you're hurt, you know, when you're sick, it's, uh, it's not the most black and white thing, but I'm blessed that I went to that freaking hospital that day. Um, and once I, and like I said, it was leading up to the Olympic trials. They said I was out for a while. I knew I was done. I was like, I went in this to try to go represent my country at the Olympic games. I'm not gonna, I knew I wasn't going to make that year. Um, you know, people have said like you could try to go 2020, what is it? 2024, 2026. But like, like my respect for Olympians has grown so much. Cause I raced against them every day from not only team USA, but like Ireland, Israel, Ghana, Jamaica, Kenya, freaking China, Japan. Like you, you get to, you race with these guys. It's like, it's like a combo of NASCAR and fucking UFC where like everyone respects each other because you're doing some crazy shit. But at the same time, like you are competing, you know, like everyone would still, there was clicks and shit. Like people were cool with each other. Um, I don't know. It was an insane experience, but once that kind of ended, I just went in the tank, man. Like I had my whole athletic career just ended off of one slide, like one 80 mile an hour down the freaking chute. And it's like, that's your last event ever as a high level athlete. And I, I, I don't know. So I, I went on a few people's podcasts, kind of talked like how I am now. And they just said, you know what, man, you got a great story. Like I, I, I love how you're trying to figure out how you could stay kicking ass, stay hungry to the way I was chasing, you know, being a great D1 football player, being a, maybe an Olympian someday how can I take that same fucking hunger and do something good with it and not just sit on my ass? Like, don't get me wrong. I don't lift as hard as I did back then. Like I, I have more fun now and shit, but you know, it's some grown man world out there and you gotta, you gotta separate yourself from the pack somehow. Do you think you're going to go try out or get back in the shape you need to get him back in or whatever it's called to try for nah. it again? Uh, I'm done. I I'm content. Like, like I said, like I, I didn't know what my athletic career was going to be. I was a great high school athlete. We all were. And it was great. Had opportunity to play division one football, walked on, got put on scholarship, which was fucking awesome. And then this whole skeleton journey was just like a bonus almost. It was just like, Holy shit. 
how far can I take this? And, uh, but honestly, man, I'm good. I'm content. Like I can hang my hat up. I got younger brothers who are playing D1 football now. I'm going to go tailgate. I'm going to go watch them. I'm going to support them. And, you know, since I started Bring the Juice, it's like, it kind of keeps me that same, like, get your piss hot, like, fire me up mentality that sports give you. Like, it keeps me in the game. It keeps me sharp. Like, I talk to these athletes every week, and it's like, you know what? I'm preaching this. Like, I'm going to listen to my own fucking episode and talk about it and apply what uh, an Olympic boxer is telling me to my life. Like, I need to, I need to taste of my own medicine sometimes. So, I mean, I'm content. My body's also just, uh, it's, I'm beat to shit. My hamstrings are both torn. You know, I've done rehab on everything. My shoulders are messed up. Ribs still fucking hurt when I cough. Like, you know, I don't want to be a crybaby, but everyone, everyone's got dings and shit, but I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm content. I'm happy. I've met some amazing people, made some awesome memories, got to do some great shit to where it's like, what's the next thing now? And I think bring the juice is the next thing, but I, I want to, if I'm going to do it, I want to fucking do it. I don't want to just half-ass it. So yeah. that's why I'm, I'm going balls deep in this shit. Well, you and Tony have that same mentality when it comes to your your podcast and comes to the podcast. He's like, dude, stop half-assing half shit. Like, fucking get yeah. your ass. Go get people. All you have to do is send a message. Like, it can't be that hard. Yeah. I'm like, all right. It's it's hard to not get complacent in this shit, man. Like, like you stay consistent. You're on your A game Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Wednesday afternoon comes, you're just like, fuck, man. Like, I don't want to do this shit today. A little hot outside. I'm just going to kick it. You know what? I'll do extra on Monday. No, nah, man. Fuck yeah. that. Rent do every day. Like, you got to have that mindset. And, you know, one thing I've had to do to mature, like, it's hard at my age, too, because half my friends are still, like, in some high school slapdick mode. And half my friends are still in, like, you know, half my friends are trying to be... 40 year old millionaires, like by the time they're 28 to where I just want to surround myself with people that are like-minded and, uh, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Like if you start, if you hang out with bums, you'll become a bum. If you hang out with winners, you're going to gravitate towards becoming a fucking winner. That's just the, that's human nature. And, uh, so, you know, when I hang out with some people who they're the boys, they're the homies, Hey, still my friends, but are they pushing me to get better? maybe not as much as some other friends that I hang out with. Um, that's something I've been trying to work on as far as like growing for myself. I'm not the type of dude who's like, I'm going to cut these people out of my life. Fuck them. Like everyone's got their journey. And kind of my whole thing is like, if you're grinding and you make $10,000 a year or you're grinding and you make $10 million a year, as long as you're grinding, like I know like you're actually trying, you got my respect. But if you're like, oh, yeah, man, like this job just didn't work out. And I know you're at home playing video games while your girlfriend's mm-hmm. out paying your rent and you're a grown ass man. bro, you don't got my respect right now. That's that's some bullshit. You got you have to be hungry. Hungry dog will always run faster. And like, I don't know, like I, I've had some real hearts, hearts with some friends. Or it's like, dude, you're like you've been bullshit too long. Like I don't give it like you don't have to start some company and make $10 million this year or sell 50 houses to where your commissions at this point. But like <clears throat> at least, at least have some fucking hop in your step, a little hustle. And I'm good with that. Like that, that that's enough for me at least. I don't know. Yeah. It's like they say you're just some of the five people you hang out with. 
And if, like yeah. you said earlier, if you're hanging around a bunch of losers, you're probably going to be a loser too, unless you have yeah. something internal that tells you, no, I don't want to be like these people. And like yeah. you said, you don't have to cut people off, but you can look at them as an example of what you don't want to be. Very much. Yeah. I mean, I like me personally, like I, I didn't, I, my family, we never had video games in the house growing up. Um, always played outside, built shit, hunted shit, played sports, just fucking made random shit, you know, shit you could blow up or see how far you could launch it. It's, I mean, I don't want to sound like some old hag, but like, I wish fucking kids this day, these days got a little more dirty, a little more scrapes on the knees and shit because kids, parents just put iPads in front of these fucking kids and they're just getting softer as dog shit. The, the, the more we get into it and, uh, you know, it's okay. I'm not a dad yet. I, I don't plan on being like that, but you know, I go back to the video game thing of, I can't just sit in front of a screen all fucking day and, and not do anything. Like they, they sketch, like even our phones, our phones are programmed to be addictive. Like how many times do you catch yourself just scrolling on, you know, reels or TikTok? You could be taking a shit and it's, it's just like all day long. Like, That's what the fuck am I doing? I mean, you catch your, and yours, I'll catch my, I'll snap out of it sometimes. Like, what the fuck am I doing? And I, I do it sometimes to like, you know, I want to learn what other people are doing, what's trending and shit. But then next thing you know, you're like, what the, like, what the fuck am I looking at, man? And it's, yeah. it's hard too for me. It's very hard for me because like, there's algorithms to this social media shit and I don't like all of them. Like, I don't want to post nine times a day. If a motherfucker I follow post nine times a day, I'm unfollowing him because I don't want to see shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is. And then, you know, people do, people put so many like fake scenarios just to get more views. Like, it's hard. It's fucking tough because there is a faster way to grow than what I'm doing. I'm sure you guys have morals and things. You said, hey, we're going to stick to this shit. And I, I, I want to be a, a page, a brand, a podcast, a something people, you know, are into, follow, could buy into, you know, want to check up in on that is for the, it's, it's for, it's for a good purpose. It's for, you know, quality knowledge and good entertainment and insights, not just fucking like, oh shit, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian broke up, like. Fuck that, man. Wouldn't you rather hear about Trey fucking Lance's mindset of being in this quarterback situation? Like, that sounds way better. And not from a, you know, a, a Scott Van Pelt point of view. From like a dude who's sitting down, who had a beer, and it's just kicking it and having a conversation. Not a fucking interview. A conversation. Well, that's the whole thing. <clears throat> when we first started doing this, Tony was always like, dude, stop like doing all this research on, I mean, it's good to know things about people that we brought to have on the podcast, but like, yeah. when you're like asking, tell me about yourself or this and that they don't, we don't want to do that because we don't want to be an interview. We just want to have a, like a yeah. conversation like we're having right now. Bro, and so it took me, not, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I fuck. I'm just agreeing. With you. That's, that's I, I could not fucking agree more because you know, they're, they, people get interviewed, like, especially in your podcast, they get those, basic questions all the fucking time. Right. And nobody ever asks them, well, you know, when you were in the locker room after you won the Super Bowl, how did you really feel? Like what was going through yeah. your head? You don't hear that shit. You hear, how's it feel to win a Super Bowl? You go to Disneyland. That's about it. 
Well, and like I even and I asked all my guests before, like, yo, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Because I'm not going to put someone on the fucking spot like that. Yeah. But like a lot of these dudes, one of my boys, uh, and it's crazy how many fr- I become friends with these guys after, like, like really good. Like they invite me to the wedding. Shit, it's fucking awesome. And uh, one of my buddies, his name's Kenny Wiggins. He's been cut. He got cut ten times in the NFL. Played nine. Played eleven years. Got cut ten times. What what do you what's it like to get fucking cut ten fucking times? Does it get easier? Is it harder the first time? Like, and he went and talked about every single one of them. He mentioned how the first one he just has never had that happen to him before. Yeah. How the one he was expecting to start that week, like, you don't hear those hard conversations. You talk about some dudes, you know, mom passes away in the middle of the season. Hey man, you cool? With, like, open up about that. Fuck. Like, so sometimes they're waiting for someone to ask about that shit. Like, you got some built up emotion that it's like, hey, this is something to to talk about right here. I mean, my boy Jose Ramirez, world champ boxer, went eight years undefeated as a world champion boxer. Okay, went to the Olympics, all this shit. And I asked him. I said, "What is it like?" Because boxing is one of the few individual sports. What's it like? to have to stay perfect and it's no one else's fault besides yours if you lose and he just talked about that mindset like you got to think if you're five and zero, like oh that's pretty good 10 and oh like oh shit this guy's a dog this dude got to like 26 27 28 and no over Damn. nine years eight years what do you if you if, i mean it's when you're at the top of the totem pole what do people want to do just knock you off they always do everyone wants to see fucking lebron james fail everyone wants to see patrick mahomes fail tom brady fail like haters are like half the world and you know one thing jose mentioned to me is just like i would have a hundred thousand people say great job after he won a fight but even though he's undefeated he would have one maybe two instagram accounts with zero followers no profile pic all that shit come chirping at his fucking ear just like saying like you're a bum things like that and he's like dude it bothered me like I'm a good guy. I'm fucking trying to put on for my city, like all this shit. Like who, who's some asshole that has to be negative towards me. And like, I don't think people were expecting me to hear that at all because people think, Oh, he's a professional. Take it. He, he's used to this shit, but you're fucking, these motherfuckers are human beings. These are people that bleed and they put their pants on just like me and you. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a show where shit could go all different types of fucking ways. And sometimes the booze get talking too, which is fucking fun. But like, I, uh, I don't know. Like I, it's a conversation that I, that stood out to me right now as I'm saying it. Like, I don't think there's another platform that you would have heard that story on besides bring the juice for at least that athlete. Now there's some guys that are on podcasts four times a week. That's different. But Jose Ramirez was so, I think he was just grateful that he finally got a platform to say like, Hey guys, like come say hi to me. I'm a nice guy. Like I'm, I, I want to put on for the people. Like I'm, this is who I am. I haven't got to say, Hey guys, this is who I am. Instead, I have to just answer questions from reporters and shit. You know? Exactly. Well, I think that's the thing. Like with, especially like men, a lot of men feel like they have to have this ego or this, this bravado that they can't talk about stuff that bothers them. And so yeah. you're giving him a platform where other men can hear that and be like, okay, this guy's a superhero and he's having these problems. So me as an everyday person that can have the same kind of issues too and be okay with speaking about it. 
Absolutely. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, like, why would you not want to be the most badass motherfucker on the planet? Why would you not want everyone to be like, that guy is a badass motherfucker and you cannot break him? Why wouldn't you? Now, I'm wired that way. Maybe I'm a psycho because of it. But, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be labeled as soft or or anything like that. Like, I'm going to make sure that motherfuckers know I'm not soft. I don't want to act like I'm some, you know, meathead, hard ass. I'm not, I'm not Goggins. I'll tell you the first time I'm not fucking Goggins. But there's some shit where it's like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my own on this. And, uh, but that doesn't mean talking about your feelings, talking about your struggles, talking about your, your emotions as to what's your why that doesn't make you a pussy for talking about that shit. And I, and I do wish more people talked about it. And like, you know, I said it on a pod this week, like it's okay to call up your friends and tell them like, Hey bro, I appreciate you. Or like call up someone you haven't talked to in a while, just cause you got to call them first. Don't be that stingy motherfucker who doesn't call first. Like it's okay to call people that you don't talk to, but you would like to more often or, or, you know, an uncle that you love, you don't talk to enough like call and be like hey you know checking in on you it's surprising how much how much it's so easy to make people's days off that type of shit and they remember it and a lot of the times what do they do they're like damn that's really nice he called you know what i'm gonna call some motherfucker now it it's it's a chain it's a chain reaction and uh you know getting back to the emotion thing like i hope that exactly what you said like i hope people are seeing these dudes open up and they're going I'm not a pussy for having uh, emotions as to why I want to wake up and feed my family and why I work out still to stay fit and why I do this and why I do that. Like it's okay for it to be, it's because of it's out of love. It's, it's out of pride. It's out of honor. It doesn't have to be. I'm just, I want to be the most badass motherfucker on the planet with the six pack. And you know, I'm all, you know, ripped up and shit. Like there's more to life than that shit. Yeah, like even you mentioned David Goggins, like he's tough or whatever, but he still goes to the grocery store and gets his own food. It's not like he's like hunting and foraging for shit. So like all of us are technically soft if you were consider what a man is supposed to be like, you know, like some caveman type shit. Yeah, we're not hunter and gatherers who fucking, you know, living off the woods, killing shit, beat people's asses to take their women. Like it's not we're not some heathens. Yeah. But and, you know, too, like one thing about Goggins, I've kind of brushed on this. Um, on the pod a few times is like Goggins I feel like he says balance is bullshit okay he says like you need to just do whatever it takes to be the baddest motherfucker and that's kind of where I lose Goggins first like a little sec because I take a little bit I take a, a, a respectful amount of pride in being a good man and being the you know I'm, I'm, I'm engaged right now like I want to be a good husband someday i want to be a good father someday like i don't think goggins is a good husband or a good father um i don't know how he can if he's out running around and doing fucking pull-ups all day not exactly. talking yeah not talking shit on him at all yeah and I also you. a lot of people don't realize too if that motherfucker didn't have a book to make all this bread and go speak and make bread how the fuck how the fuck am i supposed to run 26 miles a fucking day and do 10,000 pull-ups if i have to work 14 hours harvesting onions do an extra hour of podcasting and posting on my podcast platforms and then i'm supposed to be a good husband a good friend a good supporter of the community like there's not enough fucking time in the day so that's where goggins loses me for a sec because like 
you need fucking balance in normal society unless you are Goggins. Like he is one of one. Now, mm-hmm. granted, he, I love Can't Hurt Me is one of my favorite books. I I have a couple friends. One of my good buddies plays fullback for the fucking 49ers, and we just send each other Goggins videos at like three in the morning because we're both up. And it's just like, don't be a bitch. And I need that in my life. Yeah. And he needs that. We hold each other accountable. But as much as people are like, he is the goat, dude, there's more to life than that. And I kind of, I mean, I honestly got to the point where I wanted to write a fucking book about it. Like, like I'm again, 25, got a lot of time to figure shit out. We'll see how, let's see how big bring the juice gets first. But like, you gotta have balance, man. You gotta, yes, you gotta stay hard, be a badass motherfucker. Um, extreme ownerships, another book that I love to fucking read. I love Jocko and those guys. And, but like one of the reasons I started bring the juice is literally to people to listen each week from me and these fucking high profile athletes that people view as superheroes. And they could be like, I'm going to take a piece of that guy and a piece of that guy. I'm going to take a piece of the guy who guarded Kobe Bryant, the piece of the world champ, the piece of the Olympian, the piece of the starting quarterback for whoever. And I'm going to create my own version of my life kicking ass balanced wise um, and just and pushing yourself to fucking greatness because sometimes you need to kick in the ass. And if I could be one hour of your week where I kick you in the ass. Great. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier, too, about how you go back and listen to the people's stories that you have on your podcast. And I think that's very important because it's like if you're not absorbing what they're saying, it's like, why even have them on? Exactly. I've had, and I've had to like catch myself before too. Like, I'm like, why the fuck? Like, why am I doing this if I don't love it? Mm-hmm. And, dude, you guys know, like you guys are on episode 190. You said 193 today. Like one of the hardest things about the podcast game is staying consistent and keeping it fucking lively and fresh. I, I can't tell you how many people that have reached out to me to start a pod. And it's just like, it wants to be two dudes who drink beer. And they talk about last night's MLB game and some current events that, a million other dudes are doing in their college dorm or in their basement. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I didn't want to start a pod for, you know, just my family and friends to listen to. Like I want to, I want to my, I really, I want, I want to be a barstool sports podcast eventually. That's really what my goal is. Um, eventually, or I don't fucking, we'll see where life takes me. Yeah. But I did it with a goal in mind of like, I want this to be, um, a thing basically yeah not just some backyard bullshit yeah you have to have like ambitions like you you have to have like a like a north star something to look forward to something directing you it can't just be aimless fuck no you can't and that's that's anything like i had a great episode with uh the head strength conditioning coach at fresno state he was the head strength coach at stanford for a while so he had some great shit to say about christian mccaffrey and how he operates mentally and they have this thing that they do, and we did it too, called a goal ladder. And uh, all it is is just writing your goals down in a detailed form. What's your main goal? What are the small goals that's going to take for you to get to that main goal? That's where people fucking lose. I mean, I, you could make a, a whole class, a whole podcast about just goals yeah. because they're like, oh, I want to lose 25 pounds. All right, sweet, sweet. How the fuck are you going to do that? You can't just write it on your fridge. There needs to be something that goes into how you're going to do it. 
and you got to write that down and hold yourself accountable and all this shit. But it's, uh, you can't chase greatness if you don't know where the fuck you're going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I distinctly remember I went to a friend in my house one time and they had this thing on the refrigerator. It said, those without goals work for those who do. And that stuck with me all these fucking years. It's not saying you can work for somebody else and not have like ambitions and goals, but you have to have something outside of that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So how did your family get into onion farming? Um, so my dad played football at Fresno State. He's a running back. He's the oldest. Um, my grandfather, big war, Vietnam hero guy, um, great man. And uh, when he got back, he was driving truck, 18-wheelers, hauling produce. And uh, Fresno, the Central Valley of California, is like one of the, it's the agricultural capital of the world. A lot of produce comes through here. So they started growing, you know, squash and garlic, and they had some uh, some grapes, um, a bunch of shit. Turkeys, we raised turkeys, and eventually they got to onions, and you know, people just kind of said a little bit of guidance of, hey, think about onions. Put think about onions from this perspective. Shelf life's good. You could eat them literally any meal of the day. Like think of a dish, you could eat it breakfast, lunch, dinner. And every single culture, every nationality, every household, they could use an onion in their house. Like, yeah. I don't care freaking Mexico or someplace in Asia or the Hyatts of Europe or, you know, just good old US of A. Like, motherfuckers eat onions some way. Um, and they're always in, you know, you, there's a good season for them. Um, they just fit our mold. So, got into the onions and, uh, you know, it's, it's a ride. We're in, like I said, we're in harvest right now and it's uh it's a motherfucker, but that farm life, it's, it's definitely built me into the man I am. And I, I, I wouldn't have wanted it any other fucking way. So what are the conditions for like harvesting onions? Uh, it's just hot as fuck. I mean, once the onions ready, it's ready. You kind of, you've been doing it long enough now to where you could tell it's the, the tops of the onions start falling down. Mm-hmm. Top them by hand, load them up into dump trucks. The dump trucks dump them up on the packing line. We sort them out by size and, and uh, grade, and then they get shipped out to shit all over the United States. Uh, little international stuff here and there. Um, it's a full on like I think people don't realize farms. They think guys have overalls on, and it's just <laughs> yeah. you know, that motherfucker's a farmer. Like, but it's it's just a business. It's just you're just selling food instead of you know like Tide Pods or something. What's like, the farm called? Delana Farms, my last name. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a ride, man. I started agricultural business as a bachelor's degree at Fresno State, great ag community, and uh, getting my master's degree in hydrology. Water is a huge issue out here. So just trying to, you know, trying to chase greatness in all my sectors. Yeah. That's impressive, man. Like, like I tell him all the time and I tell other people, you don't realize how much you don't know until you talk to somebody that knows a lot about something. And you just told us more about onions than I've ever known. And what kind of hey. onions do y'all, y'all grow? Uh, reds, whites, yellows, and sweets. So we are, where y'all grocery shop at out there? Kroger. Kroger. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We're out there. If you look at our label is Sweet D. Sweet D. Delana Farms. They should be at Kroger. 
I'm definitely going to look for this now. And when I go to Restaurant yeah. Depot or wherever I go, I'm going to start looking for this name. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're out there. Um, they'll, they might be in Walmart, depending on where you're located. Um, they're around, they're around, but you know what? Like to see my mom and dad, just my mom, my dad, my uncle, my aunt, my grandpa, they're the ones who run the show. And I'm the oldest out of 14 grandkids. So I've fucking have been here the whole time. Like I grew up in this shit and I got to see it when it was 20 acres. And now it's a lot more than that. And, uh, it's just, they're just grinders. I mean, we work fucking, we work 16 hour days. It's it were the farms in bumfuck Egypt. You got to drive an hour there an hour back. It's not made for the week, but like it's 105 here. Motherfuckers don't care. You think football practice is hard after working outside in 105 all day doing farm labor? Like not at all. And uh, you're just, your respect for being a man grows so much. Once I'm in a position where I'm an adult and this is my occupation. Like, like it's not like we're some hillbillies out here just putting onions in a wheelbarrow. Like this is a fucking operation and it takes a unique individual to do it because nobody wants to be outside all day. Nobody wants to have to pick shit up. Nobody wants to have to do math while they're doing it. And like me, I'm in charge of 350 people every day and none of them speak English. Mm. You know what? I mean, damn, it's a lot of people. it takes labor and shit's expensive out in California, man. It sucks because like the central Valley where we're from, it's not minded like the rest of California. Like I don't want to get political with it, but like, like bro, like we just want to fucking make an honest living farming onions. And they're fucking us saying, you know, LA needs water. Um, there's a endangered species of a fish. That's like as big as the tip of your pinky that needs this water. And you're just like, dude, we're feeding the world. Like, and it's, it's such a lottery farming um your inputs like you could put in i mean i'm just using this as an example you could put in a million dollars as an investment for a piece of land and put a crop on it and you're hoping to make like fifty thousand dollars on that so you put one million in and you're hoping to get one million fifty thousand back like those odds are pretty fucking crazy and you're not battling anything besides mother nature which is the unknown. It's not like, you know, yeah, there's markets and all that shit. It's like a crazy stock market every day. The, fl- the prices fluctuate, but it's, uh, like I said, it's just a business and like you're battling mother nature. Like if you get a bad rainfall, if it gets too hot, too many days in a row, there's, there's so many unknowns. You know, we go to church a lot because of it, hoping God blesses us with some freaking good weather and, and, and good crops. But, you don't realize the stress that these farmers have. And um, like I said, every most, I, I don't know any that are bad people. They're all good people. Some of them are assholes here and there because, you know, they just want the upper hand. But as a, as a whole, our biggest competitor, I think they would, you know, they would, they would save us if we were hanging off a cliff just out of respect. So what, as far as like parasites or vermin, do you have to worry about with onions? <clears throat> like anything i mean you gotta think of it from the perspective of like an onion is different because you peel it mm-hmm. right so i don't know if you guys eat organic out in memphis but like to me organics is a complete hoax i think it's complete bullshit it means you know there's fungicide pesticides things like that you spray to avoid bugs um 
disease, things like that. And onions, it doesn't matter if you spray or don't because you don't eat the outside. Like if it was an apple, I would get it because like you bite into the apple. But it's like a, it's like buying an organic banana. Like why would you buy an organic banana? You eat what's on the inside. It doesn't affect like I think people get confused with like I, I really don't know what the fuck they think happens. I think they think like it's on steroids if it's not organic, um, which it's not at all. Like organic basically means what is sprayed on the outside of the crop, the produce, the product, the fruit and, uh, onions. You're, you're pretty safe because you, nobody eats the outside. Now there's so many regulations between the USDA. Um, California has all these laws. We have all these, we have a, you know, a list we have to follow. Um, so that's, that's, that's a big part of it. Um, but, it's it's just, it's just like you know lettuce is usually the big one that needs to get they get zapped a lot for like disease and whatnot. We have to follow all the same stuff they do, but it's just like any business, man. If you want to do well in it, you got to go buy the book and fucking and, and handle your shit. If you start cutting corners, you're gonna get caught up and get zapped. Yeah. Now, isn't it true that like when they send produce to the grocery stores, it's generally the best of the best, right? So like sometimes yeah. people will look at something like, oh, that doesn't look good, but it's already gone through a rigorous process before y'all send it out first, right? I like I wanted to make a video of like this the life of an onion, like from seed to planted to fucking harvested to all the people checking it and sorting it, to it getting packed, to getting in a truck, to the truck driving, to getting off like at the grocery store and a guy putting it on the shelf, to a motherfucker getting on the shelf, putting it in their grocery bag, driving it home, and then cutting it and eating it. Like that motherfucking onion had a goddamn journey. And so when you get to the grocery store, there's going to be wear and tear. Sometimes people bang shit. Um, you know, we take a lot of pride in making sure cause our last name is stamped to this product. It want, we want it to get represented well. So there's no, uh, you know, there's no, there's no bullshit on our side of things, but once it leaves our facility, like we have no control of that. We don't know. We don't know how well that, random truck driver is going to drive or if he's going to accidentally you know uh do some shit in his trailer to fuck him up or the guy who's in the forklift to pick it up on the other side of things is going to grill the onions and smash the whole front and now you got these big dents in there like you just hope for the best and and you got to think too like grocery stores they're also trying to make money so they have people on their end saying like hey don't fuck up the onions because we yeah. bought them for this want to sell them for this amount to get a return mm-hmm. that's it's, but it's it's sense that you're making off this shit damn that's crazy you need to set him up with dude that lifts they oh for the video well he has an idea for that video but i'm saying as far as maybe andrew could go on his podcast yeah i think you'll have a good conversation because he has the same kind of mentality as you that was a really good comp. Yeah, it was the one we did with Andrew. So he owns a company called Dude That w- Dude That Lifts. It's a clothing brand, yeah. a gym brand. And man, he started it all out by himself, him and his wife, and it's blown up. That's awesome. And he actually taught me uh, how to press my own T-shirts for the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm down. A- I'm about to. I'm about to start a new segment on Bring the Juice. I haven't named it yet. It's going to be called like, I think it's going to be called like Frank's fired up five or something. I want to have just like more guests. Uh, all my guests are in person. I just think it's a better conversation. It's how I decided it. 
but I'm getting so people, so many people that I want on the pod or like yeah. this, like a cross pollination. And I don't want it to take over my actual pod, but I want to get more content. So like, I think I'm going to call it like Frank's fired up five. It's just a five minute spiel. Like how we're doing of just fast, high energy questions, takes boom. Like it doesn't have to be exactly five minutes, but like very tight, very just to the fucking point. And again, you guys could, you know, you guys could come on again and, you know, we could do one next week and then we could do another one in three months about some more shit if people liked it. Um, I don't know. So, I, I mean, I'd love to have you guys on that segment of Bring the Juice. Fire, Frank's Fired Up 5 coming up. Uh, your guy who has the – what's this? what do you say it called? Dude That Lifts. Dude That Lifts. I'd love to have Dude That Lifts on, like things like that. Because um, I think, like, everyone's got good shit to say and they got a story. And I just want to – like I said earlier, I want to be around people that are like-minded. I, You guys clearly – you fuck with the mindset, so I love that shit. Yeah, because um... – like the, originally, the link up was supposed to be an app. <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> and it was supposed to be an app like connects people. Like, um, like if you know something to do in a town or city, you can go on the app, find out what's going on in the city, and then you know do something from there. And yeah. I like try to get some people to develop it. I'm not a de- developer, and so it never came to fruition. And then uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine. And he's like, "Hey, my neighbor has a podcast. Let's start a podcast." And that mm-hmm. and that never happened. And so one day I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to buy some equipment, bought some equipment, and then here we are now. But, like, I still like the way, you know, you're linking up with people. You're getting connections with people. Because I think that's very important uh, in life. <clears throat> Absolutely. I, uh, again, I couldn't agree more. So Who'd if we you? were on your podcast, what would you be asking in general? Like, what kind of questions do you generally ask people? On my pod? Yeah. Uh... I have a list. I always ask them what's their why. Um, not not to play the sport, but what gets your fucking ass out of bed every day when you don't want to? Because mm-hmm. so what 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 is the kicker that gets your ass out of bed? Um, I ask, you know, what keeps you from being soft? I ask. We in, in between all this, we talk about experiences. Sometimes I ask one question, and then the conversation just goes and does its thing, and I'm and I just I'm off the dome with it. Um, I also ask if, you know, if they have mentors, uh, books they've read, other pods they've listened to people, you know, a lot of the NFL guys, I'm like, who's a guy who's, who's influenced you that maybe, and it, sometimes it is like, you know, it is the Chandler Jones, the DeAndre Hopkins, but other times it's guys who you're like, who the fuck's that? Like, Oh, he's a seven year vet in the league that I've never heard of. Who's under the radar with no social media, but he's just a great dude. Like that's kind of dope. Um, yeah. Uh, I talk about discipline a lot, you know, how disciplined are you and why? And really it just snowballs. I, I, I like to keep those mainly those three questions kind of in, in the episode, just so people can know, you know, I stay within my niche. I don't just want to, and I'm not, I'm not someone who's like, I need to niche down and only ask these questions, but you kind of gotta, you want to stay a little consistent, you know? Yeah, you basically have like a palette to go off of. Yeah, I got a palette to go off of. I could slide either way. But like for the Franks Fired Up 5, like I don't even, I haven't even referenced that yet. I came up with the idea on Monday and I'm now I'm just like, what, where can I go with this? Because I, if I could post a five minute video of you guys and me and we're, I'm, you guys, your guys' followers are seeing my stuff and my followers are seeing your stuff. Like you think that's, that's podcast to podcast. Like there's athletes 
who want to come on the pod all over the country. And I got to say no to them because I'm in fucking Fresno and I'm in onion harvest and I can't make it out to New York right now to get three players on the New York giants. Like I just, I can't do it, but do I want to be passing up on those people? Like, no, I want them involved with bring juice, you know? So I'm just trying to be creative with it. And, uh, I don't know, I'll figure it out, but I'll be sure to make you guys, make you guys, uh, you know, linked up with the whole thing. Yeah, because I've always heard, like, uh, as far as, like, podcasting goes, it's the the best way to get people to know about your pod that podcast is go on podcasts because those are the people yeah. listening to podcasts because you can only have your family family and friends support you for so long before they're like, I don't want to listen to your shit anymore. Not that they don't love oh. you, but, you know, they're Dude, my, nobody from my fucking family listens to my podcast anymore. Well, but. it's funny because I asked Tony the other day, just maybe two weeks ago, I go, how many of our friends do you think still listen to podcasts? He goes, none, zero zilch i go really he's yeah. like yeah because look every time we every time they see us or something they talk about something that we talked about like episode like some pussy or something from like episode like three or four like bro we don't right. really talk about that stuff anymore like it's been like over a hundred episodes since we've like fuck mary kill kind of situations on, a, on a, an episode we did you know like that was a long time ago bro but thanks for right. the support dick no totally oh i get it but yeah, it's like they said, your friends will only support you long, so much, so long. It's strangers yeah. that take you to the top. Yeah, which is fucking crazy to really talk about because my bad. It's crazy to talk about because like I never would have expected that when I first started. Like I always thought my 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 day ones, my brothers, and all that would be my biggest supporters. Like they are. Don't get me wrong. Like they're still for the brand. They're still for the boys. They're still, you know, hoping I kick ass. But now it's instead of like they were reposting my shit every time I post, they would do this, they would do that. There's none of that shit anymore. There's, you know, it's uh, a. Can't be mad at them for that. You know, like they got shit to do. Maybe they're not interested in hearing my voice. Or maybe they're like, I know this dude. Like, I already know how Frank thinks. Like, I don't need to. Don't need to hear his shit you know, every Thursday. Um, but they still do like, they still tap in because they're, I mean, my friends are all like-minded. Like a lot of them all played high level sports and they want to know, you know, what is so-and-so got to say? Maybe I could apply it to some shit. And, uh, it is crazy though, because like my hats, like my hat sales have done really, really well. I don't have, I wish I had some more fucking hats in here, but like the juice box one just launched, it's doing really well. And like people who buy these are from all over the country. Like I did not expect that out of the gate. And you know, when I, when you buy a hat for me, I got a little care package. I throw in like, I have little bracelets. Uh, I throw in like some stickers. I throw in like a business card with like a, it's got like the QR code on it that you just, you, 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 you uh, take a picture of and right then and there, my podcast on Apple pops up, you know, like you could, you could just press play right from that. And, uh, like, because people have wanted to buy the hats, they now want to, they listen to the podcast. You could be country as fuck. I played with football. Like my whole, like most of my friends are black dudes. Like they all wear Bass Pro hats. I know girls, they go to lakes in the bikinis and they wear Bass Pro hats. Like people wear the Bass Pro. And I came across a couple pages who like, like one of the new things now is like taking a really famous brand and kind of putting your t- own twist on it, you know? 
I'm sure you guys have seen other shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. I was just like, I was just like, I'm going to do my version of that. Um, make sure I differentiate enough to not like, you know, get sued or anything. But I did that out of the gate and it, it hit. And then now that people are kind of bought into the podcast, I, uh, I got the juice box logo coming. And I, I kind of think it'll be more of my identity, you know, bring the juice, a juice box is kind of sick. Nobody's done the juice box yet. Barstool sports has their little, you know, barstool thing. Nelk boys got their own little shit. Like everyone's kind of got something. I think the juice box is kind of hard and I've got some good reviews from some, you know, some pretty good names. Yeah. So my buddy, uh, DJ Epic, he did some, uh, he's doing rooftop parties at our Bass Pro, which is actually located in our pyramid. And, um, he put his logo over the Bass Pro logo and he got a cease and desist letter. Like the very first day he revealed it, he's like, fuck y'all. I'm still doing it. And now he's still DJing the parties up there with his, that Bass Pro DJ Epic logo going. Like he's like, if you don't want me to use hey, it, man. don't book me anymore. Whatever works. Yeah. He's got, so, and he sent me yeah. a message. He goes, what do you think about this hat? I was like, I would definitely buy that hat. When are you going to drop that? And he was like, I was just thinking about it, but you know, I might get sued. I was like, I was like, fuck it, dude. You need to get those out as many people as you can, because that's a really, that's really popping. I was like, don't even sell them. I'll send you yeah. a link on Amazon. You'll end up paying like seven bucks a hat. Just give them out to people. That way you can't, you're not making any money on it. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I mean, that is another reason why I'm trying to get with the juice box logo is because, like, the bigger I get, I don't want to touch that line, bro. Like, yeah. at all. I don't want to get fucked with. I uh, I just, I don't want to, I'm, I'm too young. I don't have enough money for that shit. And it, it was a good thing out of the gate. And I'm going to keep it because it's, it's kind of what I'm, you know, people know the logo. Like, like, I can't tell you how many times I had some girl from Arizona Snapchat me a picture of some bring the juice hat she saw at a bar with some guy she never met before that's legit like like it's 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 i've sold almost 1400 now in like eight Damn. Months. and you know i put my own twist on them like they are dope hats like the, the hat itself is dope and the logo is cool too but i got some fire coming out in a little bit uh just to kind of mix it up a little bit give people something new i don't know i it's and I, and I charge 20 bucks for these. Like I'm that's not cheap. making, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. I'm not making like a crazy profit. I'm not trying to gouge people because my whole mindset was like, I don't, I'm not trying to make money off this shit. Like I'm, like, I'm trying to make money eventually, but like right now I just want motherfuckers rep and bring the juice. That's what I want. I don't, I don't need you to, you know, it costs, if it, it, it costs me like 1550 to make all in, I don't need to, I don't need to fucking, profit a hundred bucks off this shit i i would like to eventually get my margins better but some assholes you know there's oh it's 39 bucks for a hat it's like bro that's a piece of shit hat bro like these are quality hats <laughs> this shit is this shit is nicely fucking stitched in it's it's i haven't had anybody complain yet they got the badass little rope on here like these are hard and then you know as i grow i'll uh i'll get more merch and I've, I've dabbled with like the t-shirts and other stuff, but like the hard part about t-shirts 
is you got to have all these sizes mm-hmm. and then you want to have different colors. And it's like, what if I order 200 t-shirts and it costs me, you know, two grand and then nobody fucking wants them. And now I got two grand down the hole and a, a garage full of fucking random ass t-shirts. Yeah. Like hats are one size fit all. Do you fuck with it or not? I usually keep like a hundred on in stock at once. And it's kind of what I'm sticking to. I, uh, I was considering doing like a, like a, like high school football is really big out here. It's kind of like a little spice of Texas a little bit. And I wanted to do like a, a play of the week or like a player of the week, make like a dope t-shirt for that. Maybe just to kind of, I mean, you guys know, like you want to win the, the communities in your backyard before you go crazy viral off shit. Yeah, absolutely. But like a hat you can wear with anything and every well, single day. Like a shirt, you're probably going to wear it uh, occasionally. I have, like, I have some links with Josh Allen. um, And, like, like, his girlfriend and me are really good friends. And she's like, yo, like, send me a Josh some hats. I want to rep them. It's like, I could drop a picture of Josh Allen rocking a Bring the Juice hat. But, like, to me, it's like Josh didn't post it first. Like, why would I, you know? To me, that's why I'm like, that's a douchebag if I did that. I think Josh would think an asshole if I did that without him posting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he sent me a selfie with it. But then again, it's like, you think more people are going to buy this hat if Josh Allen's wearing it? Fuck yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, it's just like when they people used to wear, like, Von Dutch and, like, Ed Hardy back in the day. It was because they saw a celebrity wearing it, and then they wanted to wear it. I mean, most of us wear stuff because we see somebody wearing something. Yeah. We're all kind of tribal in that aspect. Exactly. No, I, I could not agree more. Uh, and it's I, brand awareness. I definitely think, too, that is brand awareness. That's what I'm, that's why I went with it. I was like, people fucking are like, oh, that's Bass Pro. They're like, oh, shit, that's not. Like, that's kind of fucking dope. Yeah. And it's worked, but I, I don't want to get too big to where it bites me in the ass. I, I mean, I've looked into the copyright shit. Like, I'm good, but I just... I don't want to touch that line, you know. Mm. Do you uh, make hats for big head people? No, uh, your big I'm ass is not going to be. <laughs> my I, bad. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I man. love hats, man, but like I'll order hats online sometimes. Like fuck, man, this won't fit my big. And ass. And guess head. who gets the hats? Guess who gets the hats? They don't fit his big ass. Me. Where <laughs> do you? Uh, what size hat? Like a uh, seven and three quarter, eight. We fit. Are you wait? Uh, you're a full eight. Uh generally, yeah. It's like seven three quarter to like eight is is a decent fit for me. I uh, I have a I have like five buddies that are fucking all O linemen in the NFL, and they can't wear my hats, and I'm just like, <laughs> fuck, man, like that's great brand recognition. Yeah. And these fuckers, they're on the last button, and this shit just looks, it looks like <laughs> coming to the train, bro. It's so bad. Well, I found some extenders. They sell them on eBay. So like, I know, but then, you know, you know how extra that is, though? Yeah. Like, hey, guys, where are my hats? But here's some extenders. <laughs> but yeah, that's but, the only thing, man. Like, if I could just find a hat, because, like, I've even ordered hats for us, and, like, they fit everybody else, but I can't even wear my own fucking logo. Yeah, that sucks. That fucking sucks. They should. I mean, do they not have like a fucking website called like Big Headed Men? Like, well, it's like you know, it's always like he's like, I'll see a, I'll see a hat on the kitchen counter or something, and I'm like, oh, nice hat. He's like, 
it doesn't fit. I guess your bitch ass can have it. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Right. The old PD fucking, here you go. I mean, my dad does that to me all the fucking time. He's, he's put a couple, you know, he's a pretty fit guy, but he's 52 now. He's not, he, he's put on a, you know, maybe a cool little five or 10 pounds of, of healthy weight. And, uh, now he'll like get given like a shirt, or, like a client or something, or somebody will give him some free shit. And he just throws it at me like, take it. And I'm like, <laughs> are you a fat ass now? <laughs> I get your free shit now. Because oh, you've been eating good. Well, I don't want to take oh, up too much funny. more of your time. I know you're, you're rolling right now, man. Um, I asked three Dude, questions. I'm, I'm, I'm driving now. Yeah, you're good. So one question I want to ask you is we kind of top touch on earlier when you said about like you reach out to your friends or whatever, but like, so there's this whole movement now where you give people their flowers while they're still alive. So who in your life would you want to give flowers to like give appreciation to? Uh, are you saying like outside of family or family? It can be family included. Okay. That's a good question. Um, I would, I mean, I'm sure you guys get a lot of like my mom or my dad. So like, of course my mom or my dad, they both are, they, my relationship with them is so yin and yang. And I love them both in their own way. I love them both. Absolutely. Um, my dad has just been like the ultimate role model of work hard and have a good relationship with God and things will work out. And I, I truly do use that as one of my principles of like, Sometimes you just got to put your head down and go. And he does. And I, I love him for that. And he is just the most hardworking man I fucking know. Like I said, this farming lifestyle is a bitch. It's long hours. It's a shitty gig. And you're just trying to make a nickel off of it. And I respect the fuck out of him. I respect the fuck out of him for so many reasons, including, you know, he was 20 years old, 19 years old, playing college football. Got a call because our family didn't have any fucking money at the time. And it was basically like, do you want to eat? or try playing college football and he quit playing college football to start this farm with his dad not knowing shit about shit and now he's built in a very profitable business so i just respect the fuck out of him for that and then he's such a role my mom she just she just kicks ass i mean she has she's one of those moms that like all her friends none of them work she works full fucking time but she still does all the things that the people that have all the time in the world do, even though she's grinding, dealing with major players in the onion industry, like shit, like she just, she understands balance so much. Um, so I would, and she just is such a loving person. will get you out of any situation, but make sure you know, you're a dumbass if you fucked up. And, uh, I truly have a great balance of parents that have pushed me, and I'm blessed to say my brothers too to kick ass. I mean, I'm a five eight white boy, weighed 158 pounds playing college football. Like, I if I didn't have grit and good parenting, I I, w- I don't think I would have made it as far as I had. So definitely my mom and dad. Um, they get me flowers. Man, hello. Yeah, did you hear me? Yeah, oh, it broke up a little bit at the very end. <laughs> oh, my bad. Oh, you're yeah. good, man. And the other two questions I have are, uh, what's your advice for people, and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? What's my advice for people? Yeah. 
And what mark do I see leaving? Mm-hmm. Uh, advice for people would be keep pushing and have a plan to attack. I think every day is hard, whether you like it or not. The world is not fucking easy. You know, there's all these quotes out there. It's hard to be rich. It's hard to be poor. Choose your hard. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, there's so, everyone just wants to be comfortable and be squishy and be complacent and find a reason to push yourself. Have people around you that push you and just, just do it. Just fucking push, man. Like, like if you're contemplating whether to do it or not, just fucking do it. I mean, you, I don't know if you guys seen the movie. Yes, man. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Great movie. Like, I know it's cheesy as fuck. I usually don't even reference this shit, but like, Dude, like, look at how much better that guy's life came because he just said yes to fucking everything. Like, the, the, the things that came to it. Go to that networking event. Go to that party you don't know anybody about, but there might be some good people at. Like, just live. Because it's real easy to get caught sitting on your couch scrolling for two hours and then going to bed. Like, go do shit and say yes and push yourself to do those things. Take risks, man. And then my mark on the world... You know, I really don't know. Like that, that's shifted so many fucking times in my life. Um, I think, like, I look at a day, a guy like Dave Portnoy, now that we're in the podcasting world, you know, and it's just like that dude literally started Barstool Sports from newspapers in Boston. Like, when COVID shit hit the fan, I don't know many other companies that were giving out $50,000 to help struggling businesses. Yeah. Not saying, you know, oh, he's so great because of that. I'm sure he has his flaws or he's an asshole or people disagree with his beliefs or whatever the fuck it is. But like the motherfucker has hustled his way. And I don't want to say, oh, I'm so fucking special. I could do the same thing. But I am a hungry motherfucker who wants to be known as a person who had positive influence on people's lives. And if it's going to be me saying, hey, I got that Goggins mindset, but it's okay to be a human being with balance too. And that's my message. Then so be it. And I'm going to do it through the example of the best fucking physical specimens in the entire world. Not just through some bullshit, through the dudes that you guys see that are on our fucking fantasy football teams that are, we rock their jerseys that we put, you know, parlays on, on a late night fucking Sunday night football, like Those dudes, like, they're the ones who I want preaching this message. And then I reference the guys like the Goggins and the Jockos. But I'm just some fucking dude. Like, and they're just some fucking dudes. So if I could be the connector, if I had to answer that question, I want to be the connector between human beings and people understanding that these athletes are human beings. But you can think like them and kick ass. That's a good message, man. Yeah, man. That is a very good message because, like I said, I think um, we as people, sometimes we put people too much on a pedestal and we don't do that for our own self. You know, yeah. everybody is like they say idolize people instead of you can be your own guy. Basically, you can be your own hero in your story. Yeah, it's very much easier said than done. And and you know what, too? Like, that's a two way street, man. Like. Like there's some, there is some these dudes that are like high profile athletes 
they're not the best role models. You mm. don't want to follow their principles necessarily. Like sometimes I don't want to say dudes are given too much of a microphone, but like sometimes, sometimes dudes do got to stay in their lane. I think like that's just, that's just the way I think at least I, uh, I don't know. That's why, you know, like I, I do say, I will say like, just cause you play D one football doesn't mean you get to come on the bring the juice podcast. Like if you're just some lazy ass that blames people for everything and how your football career hasn't worked out, like why the fuck would you come on? You're not chasing greatness. You were just a fucking big ass middle linebacker in college. Yeah. Like, like that's not, I, I'm more impressed with the dude who, who is, is grinding outside of this shit. And obviously like the real, you know, the whales that I want to harpoon for bring the juice. It's the guys that are doing both. It's the guys like Josh Allen who are fucking grinding, but are also that understand their mentality has got them to where they are. I mean, one thing I reference on the pod a lot too, is like Nick Saban. Right? You guys know fucking Nick Saban mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. Every goddamn male who knows football in the world knows Nick Saban. Every, every person in the United States knows Nick Saban. And why is it that the SEC, it's the same caliber of player. I'll tell you this right now. Cause I, I, I've, I've been in it in the mountain West. I was in the mountain West. The guys are just as fast at our competition. The guys lift the same amount of fucking weights. It's just, what do they do at Alabama? to separate themselves from Georgia, from Florida, from Vandy, from fucking South Carolina. And it's the mindset that they have. It's the culture that they fucking have that Nick Saban leads his young men with. Now, granted, a year like last year, Georgia had that same mindset. They won. I'm not talking wide as, you know, I'm not expecting Alabama to win the national championship every year, but there's a reason they've had this insane dynasty they've had. Yeah. It's because of the fucking mindset, not because their guys run the most, you know, fastest 40 yard dashes. Like that has nothing to do with that at all. It's the culture and the mindset that goes on there is the reason why they're successful. Nothing fucking else. They, they, any, I'm not saying anybody could do it, but it's, it's the consistent attention to detail that fucking Nick Saban has and that he makes people uphold the standard of you need to buy into this if you want to fucking win. And if you don't, there's the fucking door. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like his third. It's like his third string would start somewhere else. Absolutely, but if you're the highest recruit in the country, why would you not go to Alabama? Exactly. You're guaranteed to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. You're guaranteed. You're literally. If you've gone there since like what 2007, you're. Everyone's won a ring if you've played at least like four years there. Everyone's won a fucking at least one, yeah. and that's national championship. Shit, I won bowl rings and Mountain West conferences. Those rings are fucking sick too. But like, you're consistently winning the national championship. Something's different out there. And so you look at that, and it's like he's doing something right. What? What? What's the secret sauce? So you know, how are you going to separate yourself from your from your peers from your competition? We're in the podcast industry. How are you guys going to be different? How am I going to be different? How are we going to help each other be different from the other guy? And, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to go off right there. No, you're good. What do you, what are your thoughts on the NIL deals? Uh, I think, uh, I'm not huge on it to be honest. Uh, I'm not huge on it at all. 
I uh, you, you guys can hear me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think there should be a cap. I do. I, I was in the shits. I played college football in the last five years. My brother does it now. They make a lot of fucking money in the NCAA, like a shit ton of money. And it is weird as fuck. Like when you're, you get a stipend check for college football, like I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you Fresno States. I shouldn't have said that, but I'll tell you Fresno States. Fucking, let's say you're getting 1500 a month. Okay. Rent is 850. All right. So you got what? What is that? 650, 750, 650. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that. All right. So you got, let's call it seven. You got 700 bucks. Okay. For the month gas, let's say you fill up twice a month for gas. Shit, California right now, that's fucking 200 bucks right now. So now you got, let's call it 500. Let's be generous with it. Groceries, if you, and they're going to feed you breakfast and lunch and sometimes dinner. But let's say you spend 300 bucks a month on groceries. Bro, you got no money, like yeah. at all. And, and, and I mean, I don't know about you guys, how you guys did your t- 20s, but like, you're going to get fucked up. You're going to drink on the weekends when you're on season. Like, you're going to go party. Like, yeah. Uh, like sometimes people cover for you. Sometimes people, you know, you rotate who covers the bill. Sometimes the bartender says, Hey, football players drink for free, like whatever. But depending if you win or you're losing. Right. But you have money and college kids. Like, what do you want to do, man? Like you want to go do fun shit. You want to fucking go rent jet skis every once in a while. You want to, guys want to get tattoos. Guys want to do stupid shit when you get a little bit of money. And I'm not saying you should give them a bunch more because they need more spending money necessarily, but they should try to format it in a way to where these guys do get the money, but like they get it for a good cause. I don't want to say you don't get to touch your money until after you're done playing or what it goes to. Like, I don't know. And I also think it should be capped at a certain extent. I think, you know, some kid from who's committed, who's committed to go play at Tennessee. He's fucking kid still in high school has signed an $8 million NIL deal. I was about to bring that up. Yep. 8 million. What the fuck is that? That is out of hand. What if he tears both ACLs the first day of practice? Hope yeah. he does it. But what if he does like that is just, it's too much. Coaches aren't making that much money. And I think, you know, in the NFL coaches don't make it more money than the players, but it's different. Like you heard Deion Sanders say, like, if you're going to give kids these money, you need to have people there that can help teach them shit. Like mm-hmm. if you're 22 and you make $20 million, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You think if you're 18, you know what the fuck you're doing? Like, like I know Jalen green. He, uh, he's from Fresno. He's going to come on the pod in a little bit. The dude was drafted second overall by the Rockets. Made, he's making a really good bag right now. Well, I mean, like, that's – he's 19 years old. Like, what the fuck do you think is going to happen if you give a 19-year-old that much money? Yeah. It's it's tough. So, like, I don't know what the right answer is. Um, I think it would be dope to have, like, a couple grand here and there. I think if you're in a – you know, my brother, there's this local bank out here, Fresno First Bank. They're one of my sponsors for the Bring the Juice podcast. He made this great play against UCLA last year. They paid him a little bit of money got to be on a commercial he made a little bit of money nothing wrong with i think that's fucking great but like once you get into the millions and shit you just lose it and like it's just it's just 
I think one of the reasons that makes college football so fun and so fucking electric is dudes are playing so hard to stay alive, to chase the dream of playing in the league. So now it's like, there's a, there, I think there's like 20 players in college football making more than if you got drafted in like the second round. Yep. And up. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. Well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying like, I, it doesn't surprise me. I don't think it's needed. Uh, I think it's dope. There's a few programs I know, but like they're paying the whole team like mm-hmm. five grand. That's sick. Like, good for you. That's that gives everybody enough money. Go on a little trip. Go on a shopping spree. Go somewhere more fun for spring break besides fucking Lake Havasu, and do your thing. Like, that's cool. But I, I just it's hard to say. Now, I think if you are the on the cover of like NCA, I think you. Deserves getting paid uh, a little. You just got deep pockets at some of these schools, but you're gonna ruin the fucking game. One hundred percent. It's not. It, 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 and like, it's only happening in like the, in like the top ten schools in the in the whole entire fucking like college football. Like, it's it's only happening in like the Texas A and M's and the Texases and the Tennessees, the Bamas, the Georgias, like. I'm in fucking Fresno State. You think that's happening out here? Nobody's dropping that type of money for fucking anybody out here. I mean, I'm having the starting quarterback for Fresno State on the pod. It'll drop week one of college football. <laughs> He's one of my good friends. It's not It's it's not happening in Fresno to those extents. Put it that way. Um, yeah. and, and we run our conference. Like, I even have you know, a lot of buddies that play in the Pac-12, and it's just like, like, they got the transfer. Who's the dude from Pitt, the wide receiver? Yeah, like, they bought him. Literally, they bought him. It became a bidding war of he was in the transfer portal, and, like, they fucking bought his ass out. USC was like, we'll pay you more money if you come here. I yeah. just, is that what it's going to come down to? Like, you have, what if you have one good year out of college, and now it's like, oh, I'm going to hit the transfer portal so I can make money? That's what it's going to come to if they don't change this shit. Well, also, what I think is going to happen, I'm using the example of the kid from Tennessee. Now he's yeah. worth $8 million before he's played a single down, right? Right out the yeah. gate. Is he going to, are the people around him and are, are the people around him going to let him play as hard as he wants to play? Or are they going to be like, hey, you're guaranteed to make X amount when you go to the NFL? Ease up. Don't go out there and give it a y'all every day. Uh, I don't think that. I was more thinking from the perspective of like, like, dude, I'm just a guy in the locker room. Like, there's 110 dudes in a college football locker room. You got to earn some fucking respect, man. This is a this is a goddamn. I mean, you're a small army trying to represent your country's your university. Like, we got to bleed together. We got to grind together. Football is a hard fucking sport, and we're not in it together. Then you guys are gonna fucking. First of all, you're gonna suck. But like, it's about respect. I don't give a fuck how many touchdowns you score. If you walk in thinking you're fucking your dick swinging too big because you made $8 million as a high school punk, you're going to get punked by some dudes on that team. Oh, yeah. thinking, this guy ain't shit, bro. I mean, I don't know. To me, if, like, if there had a kid who got paid $8 million before he even put on a freaking logo of the team I'm playing on, I'm thinking, this motherfucker better be Joe Montana 2.0. And if he's <laughs> yeah. not, like, the fuck? 
I mean, even me, like I was a walk on and when like you're a walk on, like your whole thing is they treat the walk ons a little bit different from the scholarship dudes out of the gate. Like you got to prove yourself more as a walk on to see that you belong. And I mean, me, like I said, I was an undersized dude. So people didn't want to give me division one FBS schools. Didn't want to give me scholarships and they didn't know if I could handle the hits and all that shit. So once you prove yourself, you get respect and nobody gives a fuck if you're a walk on or a scholarship dude. You had no stars coming out of high school. Or you're a five-star guy. Like once you get there, you were just given a number and like, you got to prove yourself to the coaches, to your peers, all that shit. And like, think about it. You were a high school kid hanging out with juniors and sophomores from high school on your team to now you're thrown into a, a prison cell of a locker room with some grown ass men that have been in that program that are grinding to make it to the league to earn their spot. I said 110 dudes on a team, 11 are on the field at once. Motherfuckers, I mean, I've been on, I had 23 wide receivers at one point at Fresno State and only three were on the field at once. What do you think the competition's like in that room? Like, yeah. Dudes are out to get you. Like, they're not going to, now they're not going to fucking, you know, hope you get in a car accident and things like, nothing fucks like that. But like, you don't just get to walk in and everyone sucks you off because you got an $8 million NIL mm-hmm. deal. And I'm saying NIL deal, I'm, I'm talking for a second. If, everyone, if the coaches are saying how great this guy is, I'm thinking, let's see what this fucking guy can do. Because, you know, dudes think their shit don't stink. They get a rude awakening real quick most of the time. I'd say like 90% of the time, they do not pan out. Did you run but into that a hard. lot where a lot of guys were like the hot shit in high school and then they got to the college and they, they were a bust? I'll give you – this is my personal example, okay? When I got recruited by Fresno State, there was this guy – I think his name was LJ – LJ Reed, okay. He was a four star recruit, uh, somewhere in LA, some big high school. He was like 6'5, 230. And keep in mind, when my recruiting class was getting recruited, Derek Carr was the quarterback at Fresno State, and Devontae Adams was his number one fucking target. So, like, that's who I'm going to replace. Like, I, that's who they're recruiting to replace. And they, there's this 6'5, 230 pound, they think he's the next Devontae Adams. This dude quit within two weeks. He was originally committed to UCLA, and then there was some bullshit about how he's going to be the star of Fresno. Dude couldn't handle the wind sprints up the ramp. Dude couldn't handle it. Quit like a complete bitch. Never played college football ever again. Mm. I, I walked on off the hairs of my chinny chin chin and had a great five-year career. Like, like fucking love that shit. Dudes bust all the time. I mean, we've had guys who are U.S. Army All-Americans and, you know, that's supposed to be, like, a big deal. They never play. Like, they're not the starter. They're third string. Whatever. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just, like, the recruiting game is so hard because you're judging someone off meeting them, like, what, two times. You're judging them off the highlight tape. Half the time, they're high school coach. All they want to do is have the, the you know, a notch on their belt of saying, oh, I have a kid who just went, who's playing at so-and-so Division One school. Like it makes them look better, you know. So they'll they'll stretch the truth sometimes. It's it's a hard thing to recruit, um, you know. Highlight tapes hard too. Like maybe you got some great highlights against four really shitty fucking high school football teams, and then the guy ends up being a bust. So it's a hard it's a hard game. It's a hard line to walk. Uh, 
But I just think, you know, guys in this NIL thing, I hope they eat. I hope they get paid. But they got it. This shit's gonna it's the wild west out there. Like you gotta put some put some caps on things, make some, you know, regulations. Um, I personally don't even like the transfer portal. Like I think there's a few people that it is good for. Like if you're a quarterback and you're you and two quarterbacks are, are duking it out and they just go with another guy. There's only one starter. I personally would even say like, dude, fucking wait it out. Like if that dude gets hurt, if he becomes a bitch, if he starts underperforming after game three, like you could easily be the dude still like, don't just fold. And, but there is some people who are like, they transfer out and they have a great career. Like, okay. I just, I think it's becoming too common to where a dude gets to school after Two weeks, he fucking isn't the starter, and he wants to transfer because the coach doesn't fuck with him. Mm. And it's just like, what are you teaching kids to run from their fucking problems? That's all you're teaching them at that yeah. So I think it's soft uh, the way you could just go from one school to the next that easily. Uh, I think there is instances where it's good, but I think for the grand scheme of things, it's bad. And if you look, it, grass ain't always green on the other fucking side, man. Like, you think, oh, I'm going to leave here and start somewhere else. Or you're stuck in the transfer portal back at a JC and you're just, you're done playing football. That happens, I think, more often than not. Like, I will, it's, it would take a lot for me to be like, like if a coach straight up said like, hey, listen, you're never going to play here. I'll help you transfer. Different story. Very different story. But so many dudes are just like, I'm just, I don't, they don't fuck with me. I'm leaving. And that's not right to me. It, it, it's too easy. Dudes pull trigger because you could play the next week with another team. You used to have to sit out a year. Now, if you want to sit out a year, you better think long and hard if you want to sit out a whole year just to transfer. That's a long and hard thought versus like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to go in the portal. Yeah, it seems like it's I all about. It's- about mindset, man. Like, if your mindset is is weak, you're probably going to be weak physically too. Because, like you mentioned, that guy doing the sprints is like, if he pushed himself a little bit harder, then maybe he could have broken that barrier. Because usually they say your 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 mind will quit before your body does. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I I mean, I would 100 percent agree with that. Um, and you know, like. I've even, like I said, even I got that fucking blood call. Like I've pushed myself and I know people that you push yourself. If you have a certain mindset to where like your body will even start saying no and your mind will overcome it and be like, your mind is so strong. Like we need to keep going to where you could really hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, in like the sprint scenario, like you said, like, dude, just push through it. Who knows? Maybe you would, if you would have gotten through summer workouts, you would have been a really good football player. Maybe you would be in the fucking NFL right now. If you had that, you had the frame and the body type for it, the speed. Like, I, I just think, you know, kids are giving it out too easily these days. It's too soft. It's too much fucking pampering. It's okay to have to it's okay to have those nights where you're pissed off because you're not the fucking starter or things aren't going your way. It makes you more of a man in the long run because you learn when shit don't go my way, I got to figure out how to fucking deal with that. Adversity striking, you better have a plan. You can't just curl up and be a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say most people are forged through uh, like hard times. 
Like uh, we need some adversity. We need some trauma sometimes to build us as people. And if you know, if everything's always yeah. gone easy for you and you hit adversity, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? And you're going to curl, curl up in a ball because you don't know how to deal with it. Oh, you're going to, you're going to die. Yeah. What's that saying? Uh, strong men create good hard times, time. make strong men, weak times, make weak men. Yeah. yeah. Weak men make hard times. Yeah, it's, 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 it's true, though, man. It's unfortunate that some people fold at the slightest adversity. I am like, I am so shocked to go through my like division one career my skeleton journey with the with uh in in park city at the olympic facilities and then now i'm in normal life and it's like some shit it's just like dude like all right there's an issue it's not even a question we're we're, let's figure out how we're going to overcome it versus other people are like oh like we we can't figure it out like let's just come with an easier idea it's like bro like let's just chill for like 10 minutes and we'll fucking overcome it let's put our heads together let's think let's have a fucking game plan a B is a straight line, and sometimes that straight line means you got to go through a fucking brick wall. I don't know. It's just yeah, it's, it's the way to get there. What do you want me to say? Yeah, two out of three of us have the same mentality, Frank. <laughs> and I'll let you guess who the third is. <laughs> Fuck you, Frank. You're cool. Fuck you. I mean, I try to tell this bitch this all the time, man. It's like you have to not give up on yourself, man. Quitting on yourself is the worst habit to start. It's, it's, uh, I've caught myself slipping. I think we all do. And that's why I go back to like, you got to have the good people in your corner. And like I said, I'm fucking young. Maybe in five years, you'll call me back and I'll be some fucking low, you know. Oh, yeah, the podcast was too hard. It took too much time. The onions were too hard. So I'm just, you know, I I sell cars at some local dealership. It's okay. Fuck that, man. Like, I hope, I I will not let that fucking happen to me. And hopefully, off the guests I have on Bring the Juice, they just keep my fucking piss hot long enough to keep going to the moon with this shit. But if not, there's that internal voice everyone has in their head. Sometimes it's mute for a while, but it'll wake up one day and you'll get you'll you'll understand like I need to get fired the fuck up. And I think that's it's hard to do when you haven't done it for a while. Like you're gonna have that day where you just wake up and you're like, I need to make a change. I need to start doing this. And then it brings you back to the goal out. Write that fucking shit down and then just do it. And don't start doing it a million miles an hour. Do it baby steps. One little thing at a time i'll show you guys have seen that picture of the guy with the fucking axe and he's uh yeah you know, trying to mine. yeah and he oh had, like, yeah he quits one. at the very beginning or end quits, quits at the very end motherfucker would have went one more day would have fucking struck gold yep i mean everyone wants overnight success man everyone wants their goals to be accomplished in two weeks it's a journey man it's fucking tough and I mean, you also some Kobe Bryant shit this morning. Like, yeah, the destination's sick, but it, the journey on how you get there—that's that's life. That's how. That's what your life really is: is the journey on how you get there, not just where you are. Are you absorbing what Frank is saying? I man? am. I'm paying very good attention. I'm I'm listening to absorb. Like not, I like I told to you talk. earlier, 
when I said like all these guests we have and they're dropping all these gems and not to like take some nuggets with you is just waste of their breath sometimes for us, you know, not the people listening to the podcast, but the people us like not observing what they're saying, like their stories, they're sharing our stories with us yeah. for a reason. And I think you should implement a lot of that in your everyday life. I, I could not agree more. It's uh, I like how you said nuggets. I say the same shit. It's like, dude, I could listen to an hour pod. I could read a book, a 300 page book. And I liked three sentences of it that I, that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey man, that's, that's part of the deal. Needle in a haystack. Sometimes that's, that's all you need. And I, uh, I'm not saying I have it all figured out at all. Cause I fucking don't, nobody does, but every day, man, you're getting fucking better. You're getting worse. And I sure as shit don't want to be getting worse. Yeah. You don't want to be the same person you were 10 years ago that you are today. You always want to be progressing. You don't want to be regressing in life. Oh, totally. I, I it's, it's hard, but again, going back to the action thing, just keep fucking chipping. It mm-hmm. will fucking, you're going up. It will go up. The world is trending up. Don't go down. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to be self-aware, too. Like, there has to be some self-reflection. Be like, okay, am I the reason why my life is not going the way I want it to be? Or do I want to blame other people? Because it's easy to be the victim. It's easy to blame, say, this person gave me this opportunity or somebody had it easier than I did. But you don't know their journey. Dude, you don't know anyone's journey at all. And it's... That's one of the best things I learned about being in a college locker room is you're plopped into a room with fucking guys from every corner of the United States. And everyone has their background. There's guys who think that they were from the hood that wish that they weren't from the hood. There's guys that grew up a certain way. Me, I'm like the ultimate hybrid, man. I'm a fucking white boy farmer who was a wide receiver. I was the only white boy wide receiver in my whole five years there. Like, I was surrounded by different cultures from people of different lifestyles and mindsets to country lifestyle to being in families that are involved in bad things to kinds of shit. And the biggest thing I can take from it is like, Everyone has their fucking story, but it made me think even a step further of, I truly do, and I know there's been so much shit in the United States that I don't give a fuck about that. If you got, if you're, if you get respected, if you could gain my respect because of the person you are, the character you have, that's good enough for me. Like, I, I don't, I literally don't care if you have this color skin, that color skin, you know. Balls or no balls, should have balls, shouldn't have balls, tattoos, how you dress. I don't care. Now, so there is some extra ass people in the world now where they want attention based off their appearances. And you're just kind of like, like, you will, there is a, there is a line to that where you're like, All right, what the fuck is going on here? But there's still good people in the world, man. And like, I, uh, to get to, to get dropped into a environment where you have to adapt to these people and, and learn their lives, and like, see why you appreciate them. I, I'm so fortunate because it's just taught me such good people skills, uh, how to interact. And went to Memphis, got, didn't skip a beat at all. I actually 
went to some sketchy ass liquor store in fucking Memphis. I did. I was. I thought I was gonna get fucking. I was the only white boy. <laughs> I walked in there. Go get this shit. I get. I get. I like I said. I'm fucking. I'm getting married in like six months. Half my groomsmen are my best friends, and they're black dudes. Like my dad, same shit. Like we, we don't give a fuck. I work with people from Mexico all day. Like I don't give a fuck. But I'm in Memphis, and being one of my old my old roommate, he's a tight end. He was a tight end at Fresno State. We walk in, and we can handle anything. There's this liquor store. It's like one in the morning, and I just like I'm trying to get a bottle to go back to the hotel. Uber drops. He's like, I was like, Uber, can you let us go in? Takes us to the liquor store. But I say there was some pimped out cars and a lot of gaunt being fucking passed around outside this liquor store, and motherfuckers were t- openly. Rolling dice, tossing hundreds. There was shit poking out of jackets. I'm just like, is this worth a uh, a bottle, <laughs> bottle of fucking any right now? Not, and like, and like, I'm not thinking like, oh shit, like I'm in a bad neighborhood. But it, you know, you also have your judgment as a fucking human being. And I was just like, this is a bad. I'm in a bad situation. I walk in, ten more people, uh, fucking. Just posted up, like who the fuck's this white boy? And I, I, I sure I came from like a rehearsal dinner, so I was in like like a nice button down collared shirt and shit. I'm like, fuck, man! Like, <laughs> I do not, I do not look like I belong right now. Got a handle of Henny. The way that dude who checked me out is like, okay, you know what's good? I was like, I, I said a risky thing. My family drinks only Henny. Hennessy is what we live on. It's our nectar out here. <laughs> And I said, I bet you I drink more Henny than all you motherfuckers. And they just started busting up laughing. I got, I, I, I didn't think twice and just power walked into my fucking Uber. was like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and it was great. It was fucking great. But like, you think I would have been able to do that if I didn't have five years of college football experience, not all do all these things. Didn't get to understand how to work with people. Didn't learn how to take risks of being in, you know, awkward situations. Like, like that's a fucking ballsy-ass move. But it, I've, I've been able to, you know, keep picking my axe against the diamonds to where I've got to develop a character where I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, if you respect me and you're cool with me, I'll be cool with you. No problems. Yeah. That's a good mindset to have, man. Because, like I said, a lot of people are quick to judge people just by the situation that they're in instead of realizing that they're a human just like you are. Yeah. You got to let people give you a exactly. reason not to trust them. Some people already go always go into something not trusting people instead of the opposite. Now, don't get me wrong. There's like I I so like I kind of have like this these two tiers of judgment almost. Like I think it's human instinct where like you will judge someone a sliver of a percent off your initial look at their appearance. Mm-hmm. I will also judge, like, based off, like, what kind of shoes are they wearing? Uh, how are they wearing their hat? Like, do they have something kind of outlier? But it's it's noted. Put it that way. It's fucking noted. And then, if, like, I'm seeing you in person, like, how are you going to shake my hand? Are you going to shake my hand like a little bitch? Like, are you shaking my hand like a little bitch? <laughs> you go down, like, ten points. Have you got some soft-ass... Lotiony ass hands, and you go in with a little dead fish. 
Like, I'm judging you, man. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry. You That is a... It doesn't mean you're a bad guy. It doesn't mean I don't trust you. You just might have a pussy-ass handshake, but you're a great guy. Yeah. But I just know, like, you're on, you're on a little bit of alert at that point. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I could go on and on about this shit. Uh, but, like, there's, like there's, good, there's good fucking people out there in all ways, shapes, forms, and handshake strengths. <laughs> I tell him all the time, is like, don't go out of the house looking like shit, man, because people are going to judge you. And he still doesn't want to listen to me. What are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? Well, I can show. I'll send. I'm going to add you on Instagram, Frank, and I'll start see DM you videos of this bitch, and you're going to be like, "Yeah, I can see what you're talking about." I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what you talking about? What you talking about? Rolling him under the fucking bus. Nah, it's just that's, <laughs> I'm trying to be a good friend, man. Hey, hold your fucking boys accountable, bro. That's that's a, a good friend. Believe me, I believe in this, and I think you guys have that type of friendship. Like a real homie, a real boy, a real dude. Who you consider a friend? When you're slipping, or you got a fucking ear in your nose, if you're being a bitch, they'll let you know you're being a bitch. Snakes in the grass are the ones who don't fuck. Who just let you become a bitch? Like, or let let shit slip. The snakes in the snakes in the grass who will go through a whole fucking night with you, and you'll be like, "Bro, I had some giant piece of black pepper in my teeth. Why didn't you tell me?" And you're just like, "I just I didn't want to make you mad by telling you." Fuck you, man. I'd rather be embarrassed for half a second by my best friend that I got a piece of pepper in my teeth than me going out trying to spit game to some chicks and I got fucking pepper in my teeth. Like, I know. Motherfucker with a big ass piece of pepper in his teeth does not have a chance compared to a guy who doesn't. Like, why would you not take care of your homies like that? Yeah, it's like they say you rather hurt somebody's feelings in the short term than let them long term do something that's detrimental to them. Could not agree more. And uh, like that, it, it's you got to keep those people in your life. You got to keep them around. And, and that's I'm so blessed to have different groups of friends because I do have groups of friends that are hustling motherfuckers and they're kicking ass and they're the type of like-minded individuals I need to have. But then I got some friends that are kind of slapdicks. But dude, if I if my truck got stuck in a ditch, they would fucking come pull me out, no questions asked. Yeah, like. Like, it's just like, they wouldn't even think twice. So balance again, fucking balance. Just keep picking away. Sir. Yeah. And you should get with Frank about the thing that he used to that DM'd you. Oh yeah, I will. For that's sure. Your, that's your goal for this. For today or after this. Got you. Yeah. Please let me know. And I'm going to order yeah, a hat, I'll even though it, it may not work. Kiss who gets the hat? <laughs> this motherfucker. I got, I got some shirts. I got hats. I got shirts. I got crew necks. I got some swag. I'll, uh, yeah, shoot me some. Just, just, just message me. We'll figure some shit out, okay? I just got a new website I lost. I'm trying to get people to fucking use it. I'll send it to you guys. Yeah, Let send it to me. Think. Yeah, I'll definitely order some merch uh, after we get off this. Well, I mean... This has been a fucking banger. I don't know how you guys' episodes usually go, but I feel like we just win. Oh, yeah. See, that's what I'm telling you. Like, we went... <clears throat> remember when we were talking the other day? You're like, how long? I was like, you know, we like to go for at least an hour, hour, you know? And you're like, well, about 30, 45 minutes. We just, we're coming up on two hours right now. I mean, I don't know how you guys' episodes usually go. If you cut them, do whatever, like, get you, but... No, nah, it's going to be I all... I, I think, it's going to just flow just like it did. Yeah. 
So when Tony edits, yeah. he just. What do you say now? I'm sorry. No, I mean it's it's nice when you can just fucking press pause when it's over. Like you don't gotta cut shit. You can just fucking just press play, press pause, and that's your fucking episode. Like you don't gotta worry about some awkward shit or if a guy said something he didn't want to say or. Because dudes who aren't podcasters, like I feel like sometimes, like I've had dudes on my show where like you ask a question and they're nervous and they just answer it. Let me loosen them up a little bit. Like, let me give them some alley oop questions, some easy shit. And uh, I don't know, but like, when you get a dude who knows how to talk and like have conversations, like it's it's like butter. You call it crispy in my studio. Fucking like that's a crispy ass episode. That's what we like. I like it, man. It's been fun. We gotta do it again. And then like definitely uh, bring us on the five, Frank's five. I'm down for that. Yes. All right. Fuck yeah. Let's stay in fucking touch. Let me know when this drops. And uh, I appreciate you, fellas. Yeah, man. Appreciate no doubt. you, man. Thanks, man. Have a good rest of your uh, your weekend. And congrats on your all upcoming right, uh, wedding. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, appreciate sir. you guys. We'll keep in touch. All right. Oh, hopefully, sorry. hopefully, there's no sex tape of you out there, like uh, Dave. Po- what is the guy's name? Dave Portnoy. Portnoy. <laughs> Portnoy. Dave Portnoy. That's, that's a weird thing. To no, say. like you I, know, I, like that's kind of that was that was kind of weird, man. You're making it weird. No, that like was it, weird. Why, why would you say that? <laughs> because you know, Dave Portnoy has all those sex tapes out His there. His name is Portnoy. Whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring up. We'll bring up that shit, bro. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't, that, was, that, was, that was strange, man. Uh, oh, where can everybody find you, Frank? Uh, honestly, best place is the gram. Go at Bring the Juice Pod. That's where I'm most active. Uh, my personal bio, my personal accounts in the bio too, so you could message me. But I run both of them. Like I said, trying to go to the moon. I got the Twitters. Um, website is bringthejuice.net and we're on Apple, Spotify, all the good shit. Um, check us out. If you got something you want to hear, something you want to see, dude, we're, we're for the boys. Like we're, we're, we're fucking writers. We're not some media company. Like we're just guys who are trying to be fucking dudes and kick fucking ass in life with that elite mindset. So check it out and, uh, fuck. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. See you man, later, bro. Been really enjoyable. I appreciate you guys, man. Y'all have a good one. All right, you too, bro. Bye. All right, see ya. Bye.